to Innovating Humanity, the official podcast for Birmingham Tech. I'm Jude Jennison, the host of this podcast, and I'm the founder of Leaders by Nature, a leadership and team development company. I work with senior leadership teams to help them align through behavioural change. In this podcast, we'll be exploring the intersection between technology, humanity and leadership and looking at how we use technology to be more human and increase emotional connection and enhance the way that we live and work. I'll be interviewing leaders from technology businesses who are at the forefront of changing how we live and work. You will not want to miss this. Some of the conversations have been enlightening and inspiring and I hope you enjoy them as much as I have done. Jill Palmer is the CEO of Click Travel, an award-winning organisation providing online booking for business travel. Jill explains how collaboration is at the heart of her business, both externally with clients to include their feedback in how and what they deliver, as well as internally with her engineers and customer service advisors, to ensure that technology, humanity and customer service interface seamlessly. COVID-19 was an obviously major setback for the travel industry, but Jill has picked up her business and her team remarkably. Have a listen. Hi, Jill. Thanks for joining me today. Hello. Can you tell us who you are and what you do, please? So my name's Jill Palmer. I'm the CEO of Click Travel. Click Travel is a technology company in business travel that helps customers of all shapes and sizes, from FTSE 100s to public sector organisations and third sector organisations, manage their travel and book it safely, securely and cost effectively. So my first thought then with that is, how, how have you been the last eight months with people not traveling how has that impacted business it's impacted it tremendously jude um i mean we um to start with once we went started to go into lockdown it was like trying to stop a fast moving train because everybody wanted to cancel their bookings at once or amend we had suppliers amending their terms and conditions we had the software engineers working 24 7 having to change the api in order that customers could do what they needed to do so there was a tremendous amount of frenetic activity and then Frankly, in the heart of lockdown, everything just pretty much stopped, mm. apart from the work we do, very important work we do for key workers. So care home providers, NHS trusts, police forces, who obviously need to go out and about and still do their travel. And that was very challenging as well, because hotels were closed. We didn't know we had to phone round and find, make sure places were open just to make sure that those key workers got the accommodation and the help that they needed. And what's been the impact on your on your own team then with all of that? I think it's really been twofold. It's been a tremendously challenging time. And, you know, we were an enormously successful company just coming out of the most successful year we'd ever had. We'd won every single major industry award going. We'd had a record sales year. We had record growth. We sold £55 million worth of new contracts that we were just on the point of implementing. So it was like it was like an avalanche. Um, mm-hmm. you, you know, it was like very, very far. You feel like you're climbing up a hill and you feel like you have an avalanche and you've slipped three quarters of the way back down it. And then my feeling is actually really what we've got to do now is start climbing up the hill again, but actually it's a different hill because things have changed. And the need for you to pivot your organization and really think about what customers need right now. 
I mean, we launched a whole new proposition for customers during lockdown called ClickCare, which was about how you can safe, make safe and secure choices in, in business travel during this very difficult time. And we, we, you know, we put that together and launched it in three weeks. Um, mm. And it's been enormous help to customers throughout that time. But that collaborative working during that time and the coming together of the engineers and the marketing department and the sales department and the account managers all talking about what they needed and, and getting, getting stuff built in record time, really. It's, it's been amazing. Do you think there's something about a, a crisis that brings people together and focuses their attention better than, than under normal circumstances? Oh, absolutely. I, I do think so. I think people have a common purpose. I mean, I don't want to downplay the terrible situation that, you know, the, the, the world is in right now, but certainly business travel is in and travel generally. Mm -hmm. I mean, we furloughed, you know, over 75% of our workforce. So I'm not, I'm, I don't want to play, play down then. We've had to make some very hard choices. Mm -hmm. But the leadership team have really had to come together and work on projects in a way that they've never had to do before. And it almost felt like, and it still feels like, the beginning of every week is kind of, you know, your mission this week, should you choose to accept it, is, you know, work out how the furlough scheme works. At the moment, we're working the three-dimensional puzzle of customer demand, JSS, furlough, you know, viable jobs, all of those things together, plus, you know, responding to tender requests, sales, looking after customers who want to book their, you know, managing Brexit, all of those things. And I think the senior leadership team have come together and are in a better place than they have been for a very long time in terms of cohesion, in terms of collaborative working, really understanding each other, supporting each other. We've had people have to take on completely different roles mm -hmm. in order to respond to the, the sheer volume of work. With our sales director is currently sort of head of furlough. Um, our, you know, our, 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 um, our product engineer, our chief product engineer, was responsible for the reopening of the office and the safe and secure, COVID secure way of working. So people outs have worked outside of their disciplines as well, which I think, you know, they've enjoyed the challenge. Um, and I think the other thing is it's really important to get the balance right between long-term thinking and short-term crisis management. Over the summer, we did a lot of work on our strategic objectives and where we wanted to be as a business in sort of three years time and really look hard at that stuff too. So that we, so that we brought the team together and did a quite a bit of detailed strategy work over the summer. Um, and we're just in the process of launching that out to the business now, because it's so important that you give people a goal beyond just managing their way through this pandemic, because at some point it will end. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I really hope it does anyway. And they do say, don't they, the darkest hour is before the dawn. And I do really feel that we might be reaching some of our darkest hours at the moment. But it does, it does feel a bit like that at the moment. But yeah. then, um, as, you, as you say, I mean, and, and so what I'm hearing with that then is that what, what you've done with the team is made sure that everybody is extremely focused on, on two things. Firstly, managing their way through the crisis and that means that everybody has to pull together and do whatever it takes to manage through the crisis mm. but in parallel to look strategically at where does the business need to go longer term with within the realm of what we know what we know now yes what yes. what um how has that been received with your team because that's almost like two radically different things to do in parallel in lockdown with a remote team 
And I think that is a very, very interesting point about context switching, which is, you know, where what we are, we're asking a lot of the team here because we're asking the team to make, have some very difficult conversations with the team and their, their own staff uh, about, you know, viable jobs, uh, about furlough, about pay cuts, JSS, and then go into maybe a presentation with a customer about new business sale or um, a present, you know, a collaborative working with the team around the strategy for the next three years. Um, and that's, yeah, you, you are asking them to wear different hats at different times. Um, I think they've enjoyed the break from the sheer, you can get so caught up in what's going on on a short term basis. And I think they've really enjoyed and relished the opportunity to just lift themselves up from that and think about the future in a different way. But I think the other point is, you know, it, it, every single one of those people is an individual and they all react to this differently. And so it's as important to have an individual conversation with those people. And, you know, to, it's about getting the team together and making sure individually they are up for the task in the future because we have a hill to climb. As I said, I think it's a different hill from the hill we were climbing before. But we need to make sure that everybody who is on that journey is into individually motivated to stay with it and, and, climb, and climb the hill and meet the tasks ahead. So I did quite a lot of individual work with people just to make sure. And, and people are individually motivated by different things. Mm. Um, some people have said, you know, I've actually quite enjoyed this flexible working that I've been doing, you know, since furlough and, you know, particularly flexible furlough, we found incredibly helpful for engineers. I'd like to continue with it. Other people will say, I'm terribly worried that I'm going to lose my job and I'm not going to get a very long notice period. And, and, but other people will say, no, what I want is a long-term incentive plan. And so we've had to look at different ways to motivate and retain people because, you know, it has to be really, I want a team that's excited about the future mm. and really wants to be up for the exciting, challenging future that we've got ahead of us, which I know will be incredibly exciting, challenging, but at times a bit scary as well. And I think what, what, you, what, what I'm hearing you speak to there is that this balance between how do you engage and motivate people both individually and collectively yes and and also recognizing that we're doing it largely remotely yes starting to change have you have you found a difference in how you've had to do that as a result of the remote working we have been doing remote working for a very long time at Click. So 80% of our engineers, I would say, were probably work, remote workers already. And in fact, the engineering team were the biggest advocates of it in Click. Um, so when we went 100% remote, it wasn't actually that hard for, for us. Um, but I, it is absolutely undoubtedly harder to build collaboration and just get to know people individually in a really trusted way, because in order to really collaborate well, there has to be trust between individuals. And trust is not the sort of thing that you develop overnight, it takes time. And developing that in an entirely remote way will take longer, but it can be done. Mm -hmm. And what I would say is, it's been a tremendous revelation to me, um, now I run meetings you know, entirely virtually, 
Um, I think the hardest types of meetings actually were the meetings we were having before where you might have six people in the office and two people dialing in from home. Yeah. Those people tend to get left out of those meetings. It's terribly difficult to facilitate a meeting well when you've got part virtual, part in the office. Mm. Actually facilitating a meeting entirely virtually takes some skill um but it's an e but it's an easier thing but you really do have to look carefully at the faces on your zoom mm. and 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 notice when they're perhaps not not saying something that you think they probably want to say and facilitate and draw those people out and make sure that you have a collaborative conversation which is very similar to facilitating a meeting in a meeting room but you know slightly different um but i think that there have been technologies that have helped us enormously as well. So what's, what sort of, so give me some examples of some of the technologies that have helped you. Well, my biggest, I am a huge fan of Slack. Um, and I don't think I could actually work anywhere that didn't have Slack or an equivalent now. Um, we, it's, as usual, in, in Click, the engineers started using it, loved it, and then sold it to the rest of the business. And the rest of the business rolled it out. We rolled it out two or three years ago now. The ability for people to have collaborative conversations on Slack about work and about non-work is just so, so powerful. When we went into lockdown, I thought, you know, we're going to be doing quite a lot of watching the television, aren't we? So I introduced a Slack channel, uh, which was called Box Set and Film Suggestions. That is regularly contributed to by people who are on furlough and people who are off furlough who are working. And we all pile on and we have our suggestions of what, you know, what we've watched and what we've liked. And I've certainly learned some new things. I, I discovered Nailed It through, uh, through Box Set Film Suggestions. If you don't know it, it's fabulous. It's like a... It's a it's like a bizarre cooking program uh, <laughs> on Netflix. Um, very much an engineer's favourite, I have to tell you. Um, and it's this kind of thing that I think just lightens up the mood. Mm. The other thing we did when uh, we furloughed a lot of people, because obviously we had to be clear that people who were furloughed could not work. That is absolutely not in accordance with the rules of the scheme. But we introduced a furlough slack. So right. we now have a Slack channel and a furlough Slack channel. And the people who are on furlough are able to collaborate with each other on the furlough Slack about whatever they like. And then we can introduce ideas and you know, messages through that, through that channel. But it's a way of keeping everybody together. But of course, you've also got Zoom and you've got other things, but, but Slack is the one that, that's helped me the most. So do you think as a result of um, the remote working that you've you've had to work harder at building those connections in in terms of you, you know i mean i know we were doing that anyway but in a meeting room sometimes one person goes quiet and they can often get overlooked can't they yes what, what i'm finding with zoom is that people are noticing more when somebody is not contributing and are able to ask them what they think much more do you do you think using things like zoom and slack and the remote working as focus people's attention on the need to engage people and more actively yes definitely and i definitely think it's it's shone a light on the challenges of virtual working mm. um, and the people who i mean i've got people in my team who are 100 percent virtual uh, i mean our head of product i'm not actually sure i've ever had a one-to-one -one with her in person she's an entirely virtual worker um, but I think what, had ha what happened before was because the, the, the general rhythm of click was that most people came into the office at some point. Those people who were 100% virtual tended to have their needs um, not acknowledged. 
and uh, and and the di a simple fact of dialing into a meeting where a lot of other people are in the room um, you know that was a revelation to me how difficult that was until I tried it myself mm. now I think we're all equals aren't we we're all virtual and so and and I do think it is perhaps somewhat easier to spot somebody on a Zoom call if they've gone a bit quiet. And perhaps they feel a little bit less um, sort of picked on when they're invited to contribute because it's not mm -hmm. as if you're staring at them in a room and going, say something now, uh, John. You're, 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 you're saying it's, it's a more of a distant thing. But I think the other thing is, you know, building collaboration virtually, it simply just takes longer, I think. You know, and that those of the people in my team who have worked virtually more has it has taken me a longer time to you know build up the trust and rapport with them. But it absolutely can be done. And literally, there are people in my team that I really have only met on a couple of occasions, and they've worked for Click for probably three years. Mm, yeah, and I love that. It's great. Well, and uh, yeah, absolutely. As long as it's working for everybody. Yes, that's, that's the thing, isn't it? So well, the thing that makes me laugh sometimes, and, and this is, uh, you know, these, these businesses who, who have now, since lockdown, said, well, we never did any virtual working before, but who knew? It's all so incredibly easy. And the, the first thing I think is, I can't believe you never did any virtual working before, because, I mean, we've been a flexible work. It's been absolute heart of what we've done for years. Mm -hmm. So you had a very traditional business that only ever worked in a very traditional way. And now, because of lockdown, you've suddenly decided this is all tremendously easy. Well, I don't think that's true either. I actually think putting in the places and the structure and the culture that really makes virtual working work for everybody is actually tremendously difficult and takes quite a bit of thought and to just go from flip from one to the other and expect it to work I just think the long-term consequences of that haven't been felt yet. Yeah it's an interesting point because what, what you're speaking to is is culture which of course is people I mean it, it technology influences culture but it's people that decide which technology we use that influences it and and you know one of the things i i found when i worked for ibm for for years and i was running remote teams for years and years and teams that i never ever met but there was never I mean, we didn't have video conference in those days this is going back 10 years so so the technology wasn't quite as good and therefore culturally it was much harder to pull together mm. when you didn't see people face to face mm. what what are you as, as someone who runs a business that is founded on technology, because you're using technology to interface with your clients, I'm guessing. Yes. Um, so how, how has the culture of how you were operating as a business before in service of your clients, how has that influenced the way that you have built the culture of your organization in terms of managing your team? Well, we've always had a very flat structure at Click, and this comes. It, these things always have to start from the top, and and this started with the founders of Click, um, not 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 with me, um, but have, fostering that culture of fast delivery, agile working. Um, we have a key KPI in engineering that a new engineer should be able to develop and test and release a, and a useful piece of code within the first week of them joining the organization. And it's that kind of fast iteration, fast failure, um, just 
try things, try new things, which has been absolutely engendered within the engineering department, but has, ena has it's enabled the whole organisation. And, you know, Slack, Zoom, I mean, you know, we were, uh, our chief engineer introduced Zoom to the whole business about 18 months ago and said, I think this is the new thing in terms of the way people are going to communicate on, you know, video calls. And I think it's the, it, they come up with an awful lot that, then supports the, the development of the whole business. And mm -hmm. what I love about Click is the interaction between the engineers and the customer service people and the account management people. Because we all work for the same organisation, we don't outsource anything relating to the development of our platform, our, our travel booking platform. Um, this enables the engineers to really get fast feedback from directly from the customer uh, through the account managers and by talking to them directly to really understand what they need to iterate next. So what I'm hearing from that then is that you've used the technology to enhance the communication with the clients as well as within the team. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I mean, one of the you know one of the key things we did when we introduced ClickCare, which is uh, our curated um, hotel uh, filter, which enables customers to make you know, COVID secure cho choices in hotels. I said this just isn't going to work without fee customer feedback because I can't possibly say whether the travel lodge in Swindon is COVID secure this morning, but a traveller who who goes there will be able to. So we created a virtual community of travellers who can provide fast feedback through the platform on their COVID experience in the travel lodge. And I'm not picking on the travel lodge, they're amazing, but whatever hotel you go to in that area, and that goes straight into our COVID team and is responded to immediately. So if we get feedback from the traveller community, the travelling community that, or the booking community, that something is wrong in a hotel this morning, that will be removed from the click care filter before lunchtime. So it sounds to me like you've you've hit this like utopian balance between building the community, using the technology to support that, but also recognizing the importance of the customer feedback and really streamlining how do you bring technology and people together to maximize the best of both? Like mm. have have you hit utopia? <laughs> it sounds like it. We, we, we were hitting utopia before COVID hit. <laughs> we did a very specific piece of work called um, customer service innovation uh, last year. And this was about using the power of our engineering team together with our customer service agents to really, really enhance the customer experience um, and drive down uh, the variable cost. The cost, it, it, it costs us to book um, every, every booking we do. Uh, we had a tremendous success with that, with, that, with that work. We introduced quite a lot of AI to the responses that um, customers get when they first, first uh, you know, go through the platform. If they ask a question like, you know, uh, how, how do I amend a train ticket? They will get a response super fast, um, which isn't from a human and doesn't need to be. They've got a more detailed question. They go through to, it's triaged by AI and through to our team. Uh, we won, that, that team that did that work won multiple awards this year, including the Business Improvement Awards from the National Contact Centre. Um, and I think it really does show the benefit of collaborating between engineers and customer service agents and, and then making very fast iterations to the platform to support the agents 
um, getting the job done and improving and enhancing the customer experience. Mm -hmm. How do you how do you keep pushing the boundaries for for you personally as as a leader and also for your business in terms of knowing when to push the boundaries with the technology, when to push the boundaries with the customer service? I think that's a really interesting question. And it is the kind of thing that keeps me awake at night, if I'm honest, Jude. It's, it's what is the next thing that is coming along that we are missing? <laughs> because we're firefighting, um, we're talking to our customers, and they're giving us great feedback. But what's on the horizon? And how do we keep scanning that? And this year, I set up a product vision team to really work continually on this area. Um, it used to be done primarily by one of the key founders of the organization who sadly died um, a couple of years ago. And what I've realized that now is that no single person can do that job really well. What we need is a collaboration from our head of product, our head of marketing, our chief product engineer, our co-founder, all of these people all the time horizon scanning so we're not just thinking about actually you know customers would we've really recently introduced um car hire into our our platform so you can seamlessly book a car hire through enterprise that's a lovely feature which customers want because they're using the train less but car hire isn't going to set the world on fire at the end of the day what is the most exciting thing that people are doing now that is you know on the bleeding edge of what we what we want to do and then that bringing that into the roadmap that's absolutely crucial and and i think the other thing about myself and my personal journey and pushing the team and developing i mean i'm just an absolutely huge reader and i and i take my influences from a lot of different places I mean, I recently um, heard uh, uh, the operations director of Parkrun talking about getting Parkrun back after COVID, and they've been doing some amazing work on that. But they said they've really distilled what the essence of Parkrun was, um, and and really they they've come up with three things that that was really you know free, timed, and weekly. And those were they, they distilled it to that, and they said we are never giving up on those three things. And I, I was just totally inspired by that. And I said, this, we click, we need to be very clear. What are, what is the essence of click? What is the thing, what are the things that we are never giving up about this organization? Mm. Taking that forward. So I, my point is you can get your influences from a wide variety of sources. And that's how you, I'm always coming up with daft. And she's, the people are probably thinking, oh my goodness, what's she going on about now? <laughs> so yeah, it's just, um, being alive to new influences. I, I love that. Yeah, and as, as somebody who, whose business has just gone through probably the most challenging period ever in the last eight months, the sense I get from you is like, bring it on, let's look forward, let's see where we go next. And I, and I loved your philosophy around your engineers failing fast in their first week because often, so often the first week in a new job is oh, let's just meet everybody and get to know everybody. And, and what I'm hearing from you is like, no, let's get straight in, down and dirty and, 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 and join in and collaborate is the, like the essence of what I'm hearing from you. Yeah. How, do, how do you then balance that fast and furious adapting to a changing environment with building a three-year strategy? Because they almost seem at odds with each other. Yeah, and I think that's a really interesting point. I mean, we yeah, we do we do react in the moment. We do build things quickly, 
but it's about having those key product principles and that key vision of where you, that where you want that product to be and the things that are non-negotiable just not about the product but about the organization itself the wider purpose of the organization um and you know and what we stand for and i think everything that we do however fast and furious we we do it we always try and align with those principles and that's really about having a, a leadership team that that buys into that and, and they're all, or they might have their different disciplines, but they always work in a very similar way in terms of those guiding principles. Mm. What's your hope for the, for the future in how human beings interact with technology? I know that's a massive question and it's intentional. <laughs> um, I think technology hopefully can be an enabler for better human interaction. And, and I think the examples that I've given today, it is. I mean, if I look at a call that I made this morning that I absolutely definitely would have made on the phone 18 months ago and today did on Zoom. And we had a far deeper conversation and a far better quality of conversation as a result from that. Um, Will it uh, uh, overcome human interaction completely? I don't, do not think so. I certainly hope not because I don't think business travel would survive that. Um, my, my wish for business travel is that people in the future travel mindfully, mm. that they recognize the sheer value and importance of getting together but that they also remember that there is a cost in doing that a cost to the environment and the planet and uh, you know and that they have to do it safely as well so that when they book trips they book them with that in mind with the security and safety and the environment in mind i think anybody who thinks that um, business travel is going to be uh, done in the same way and in the same volume as it was before, I think that's very unlikely. But um, what I think is we can all be better because of this. And, you know, the winners in the industry will be the people who really embrace that, that new world. Jill, it's been fantastic to talk to you. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. It's been great fun. Jill's enthusiasm for moving forward despite a major setback with her business is an inspiration for us all. She demonstrates the importance of balancing crisis management with a sense of purpose, as well as thinking laterally and strategically in parallel. Jill has steered her leadership team to adapt to a rapidly changing business context, and I particularly loved the idea that engineers were encouraged to fail in their first week, enabling innovation, creativity and a culture of fail quick and try again. How do you collaborate with your customers to enhance the service you provide? And what can you learn from failing quickly and recovering even more quickly? That's it for this week. You've been listening to Innovating Humanity, the official podcast for Birmingham Tech Week. I'm Jude Jennison, host of the podcast and founder of Leaders by Nature, a leadership and team development company. I hope you've been as inspired by this week's guest as I have. If you'd like to know more about how I help leaders and teams be more human in a world of technology, you may be surprised to discover I do it by working in a field with a herd of horses. Sound crazy? All innovation's crazy in the beginning. So if you like to think outside of the box and get rapid results, you can find out more at www.judejennison.com. And if you'd like to find out more about the exciting technology scene in Birmingham, hop onto the Birmingham Tech website at 
www.birminghamtechweek.com. Until next time, that's it from me, Jude Jennison, the official podcast partner for Birmingham Tech. <laughs>